afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A lot of avenues to look at in today's market, of course, coming off of a holiday. What is the tone of the beef market? Is it just okay? Are we seeing some concerns when it comes to the weight of the cattle? And I love this. Hogs continue to torment. We're going to get all the details on the livestock side to kick it all off. Coming from Brad Coima. He's with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And let's start there. Kind of a quiet start to the livestock. But the tone of this beef, what are we seeing? Is this just going to be kind of an okay week for them? Well, I think the way the trade was today, Susan, that was that's, that's certainly kind of the, the wet dish rag feel you kind of go home with here today where we traded both sides of the market, I, I don't know, three or four different times and then ended up being one tick higher in the February cattle and one tick lower on the April cattle. You know, it doesn't feel like there was many winners or losers today. Um, and, and I'm not sure, you know, I, I'm tempted to use the old commodity phrase of the market's fairly priced. Um, you know, I always, when I say that, I can, I almost want to like, you know, throw up in my mouth a little bit because that sounds like something the broker, me, says when he doesn't know what's going on, right? I mean, it, it's, uh, it seems to me like we've been trapped in the same price range. And, um, frankly, this is the same price February cattle were the week before Thanksgiving, believe it or not. You know, um, you know, one of the things that I always smile a little bit about, you know, when people are going, well, what do you think of the market? You know, and somebody says, well, I think it'll stay here. And I kind of think to myself, well, that's actually about the last thing I usually expect with a futures market, right? I mean, uh, usually we're, we're, we trend. We go up or down. So this sideways market that we've had here is unusual. Um, and I'm not sure what that exactly means. Usually when you go sideways for a length of time and you get a breakout finally, then that makes that move even that much bigger but um i don't know you know one of the phrases that comes to my i need to ask your answer your beef question the beef market specifically in the demand side of the market i don't want to mislead people i think that generally demand is really really good been really good you got a very very strong economy uh domestic demand is 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 good uh you know and and everybody can say whatever they want to about being disappointed about whatever trade deal they want to talk about but it's better than it was Who's kidding who? Um, uh, USMCA, uh, the China thing, even though they aren't a big purveyor of beef still, it's, you know, it, it paints a better picture than we were at. So I would say that part's fine. Now, in the here and now, why is the choice, choice select spread a buck and a half? That's a spread that was over $30. Remember that in summer and fall? We were all bulled up because look at that. We must not have any choice cattle, either that or the demand must really be spectacular. We have to also recognize that in the middle of January, demand for choice. This isn't a high beef feature time by any means. We'll get a little fluff going into uh, uh, um, Super Bowl, and then it gets pretty draggy again until the weather starts to turn. So you know, in the here and now, I think the beef market is just, just all right. Um, and, and not that I feel a bit sorry for the Packers, because anybody that listens to us knows I don't. You've got you've got a situation now where the Packer margins are so small. So like last week, we killed 631,000 cattle. You know, the week after the fire, I think we killed 650-some thousand cattle. And, and now we've got everybody operating on all cylinders, supposedly, again. So with the narrow margins, the Packers aren't killing the others aggressively. They're not killing Saturdays. And you got this kind of bleh, languishing kind of a market. You look at, and we were talking about this before we started the program, you look at a year ago, and it showed up on my um, Facebook timeline uh, of memories of how cold it was and the snow that we were getting. Look at weights a year ago to, to today. And it sounds like there's some issues. Uh, I, there is, and I think it's it's probably well said to talk about 
I, I don't know if there's, I can't imagine that there's a cattle feeder alive that that's forgotten what last year was like uh, from a from a feeding standpoint. You know, arguably maybe the worst feeding weather that we'd had in in, in you know modern history uh, on the cattle thing in the cattle area. Now, obviously, we had a little snowstorm here this weekend. We had some muddy yards. But the the core of the of the feeding area has had a very mild winter. I'm talking about Texas, Kansas, particularly. Um, and so, yes, I was reading a stat this morning. One of the categories for 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 steer weights in Kansas was 40 pounds over a year ago on the dailies. 40 pounds. Um, even the the official information that we get on Tuesdays here still has. Well, yeah, last week Thursday it was steer weights were 20 pounds over a year ago carcass weights. Uh, steer and heifers, I believe, were an average of seven or eight or something like that over a year ago. Uh, excuse me, 13 pounds over a year ago. So, um, yeah. Now, year on year is one thing, but even the steer and heifer carcass weights I looked up, we were four pounds over the five-year average. So, even notwithstanding the, the terrible weather of last year, it's 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 still a little bit disturbing to me that we've got this much weight around in the middle of January. What about for the hogs as we look at them? I mean, you, you talk about them being a little bit of a torment and, and maybe some frustration that's going into this market. I think the market's very difficult. You know, I, I to, to to give you a good analyst description you know i mean you're looking you know your listener wants to have some help let's have somebody say something smart about the hogs well june hogs are twenty dollars over the cash well wait a minute even more like 28 you know so we've got a big premium built in it's going to get better i hope right that's what the market's saying um we held once again by a hair's breadth here against what has been this long-term support this big sideways trading range we're at the bottom side of it again today even though we closed lower we closed way off the lows so he gives you just a little bit of hope um but you know, we've said it a hundred times. Ultimately, you can't kill four hundred ninety thousand hogs a day unless you've got ex- exponentially better demand than we've got, and that comes from having export demand. So, I don't know. You know, the the market got set off with a bad tone today because of this what coronavirus or something. Um, and it, it, it's it's something that's important. It's a virus, and it's been found in China. It's it must be you know spread the easily yada yada so the, the 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 market was quick to jump to the oh no with chinese new year coming up next week is that going to mean that they're going to go out and have less of this pork sausage or whatever it is they eat so much over there uh and, and is that going to curtail demand for pork you know it's hard to believe what's bearish on hogs it seems like everything is but uh you know that was the tone of the day off of that but you know part of the day we actually did trade a little bit higher today I have a hard time knowing what to say about the hog thing other than to say that, you know, one would expect that if we show a little bit of reality of some extra pork moving over there. Folks, we've got more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Of course. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Brad Coyme of Coyme, Coyme and Verilic. Uh Finish up real quick on the livestock side as you look Overall, cattle and hogs, as we continue into the month of January, do you have any key areas, some things that our producers need to keep an eye on to be able to maybe bring some better marketing profitability to them? Well, there's a couple of, you know, on the cattle, first of all, I would, I would you know, you've got index funds very, very long. It's a feature to the market. So, you know, one should maybe be a little bit aware of, okay, where would where would we get, quote, unquote, in trouble if we would start to see that come out of it? I, I would say write down... Um, I guess I would write down the 124 and a half level um, basis to February cattle um, on April. I think if we get a close below Friday's low, that 125 and a quarter level, I think you'd start to see the funds come out too. So 
the heavy open interest now is over in the April, so that's a two dollar down from here. I don't, you know, I don't see anything that says that has to happen tomorrow, but uh, that would be an area that I would look for. Um, in terms of the of the hog trade, it's it's pretty well defined. You know, you don't want June hogs below eighty four cents. Um, I don't see why they would have to fundamentally get there, but uh, that would be a level I wouldn't want to. I would want the market to break. Uh, Ninety dollars has been, uh, you know, obvious overhead resistance on the June hogs, and that's the trading range we've been caught between, Susan. Over to the grain side of the trade. I, I wrote the statement down when you said it because it just beans took it in the shorts. Uh, weather in South America, a lot of factors being moved in, but beans definitely did not look pretty post holiday. No, we didn't, and, and uh, particularly uh, discouraging in light of the kind of day that we had had Friday. Um, you know, we had a, a new low for the move and a nice high range, higher close. Um, you know, and, and I remember from 39 years ago when I was starting to learn, you know, the basics of technical analysis. Well, and a reversal um, needs to have one of the qualifiers of what a reversal is is that it needs to follow through the following day. So we didn't, and that's too bad. Uh, you know, I guess I'm rooting for the market to rally for the sake of all the producers out there, of course. Um, so, you know, what was the problem today? Um, you know, weather, South America, non-threatening weather. In fact, looks like they got a big crop. Um, you know, the, this whole, what seems to me is almost getting to be disturbing is this whole negativity coming out of phase one that everybody's trying to find a reason why we expect it to go badly, um, which I don't know is quite fair either. but. It is what it is. So there's that. Um, otherwise, I, I, I was encouraged by the corn. You know, they tried. Uh, and, you know, the way they acted, you almost think tomorrow might be a little better day for them. But bean trade is a struggle, and they close poorly, and it's new lows for the move, and there's there's very little good thing technically to say about the market the way we finished today. And I, I you don't, we don't normally talk. See, I'm even stumbling over the fact of this. We don't normally talk about the wheat market, but you did bring it up in early conversation about, <laughs> yeah, as this all reflecting on the way we've been seeing the rest of the grain complex trade. <laughs> yeah, well, you and I go way back to the wheat, don't we? Yes. You know, where I used to, once in a while, I'd get asked a random question about what I thought about spring wheat. And I love the spring wheat farmers, obviously. It's just that we don't raise a lot of it here, so I don't, I don't really get very brushed up on it as a rule. But when you have one market out there today, like the Chicago wheat, up 11 cents, obviously... Wheat and corn compete for being a feed grain in a lot of areas where that wheat was so poor it's become a feed grain. It has something to do with the price of corn. So uh, there is always some, you know, the the old view of the markets where there's some of the markets that maybe can be a bit of a harbinger or a foreteller maybe of the other markets. And wheat has always been viewed as that. You know, it's a very much a worldwide market, uh, more so than the corn or the beans. So, you know, whenever you get an uptick or a bad downtick there, that has a tendency to influence the rest of the marketplace. So, yeah, certainly the 11 higher on the Chicago wheat was helpful. There's some places where this world wheat, obviously, you have all heard about Australia, but there's some other areas within the world as well that this crop is no runaway, okay? Uh, on the wheat, it doesn't look very good. So we better keep an eye on that. And I think that that helped the corn get up off its lows and close a penny and a half lower instead of, you know, in the tank like it was for a while. Overall, what are your thoughts on export inspections? The Generally, I would lead off with saying that anybody that thought that, that China was going to telegraph what they were going to do was badly mistaken. They're shrewd, you know. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see anything for maybe 
almost 30 days from signing a phase one before we see them tip their cards a little bit. Um, I think one of the things there that, I, that I'm going to want to watch for, of course, is going to come out of the soybean pit. Uh, we've got a little while here yet where we can be somewhat competitive from a world standpoint. I think you're going to see an uptick in some of the soybean stuff. You've already seen a little bit of a hint at it. My guess is that you're going to see some improvement, particularly in the soybeans. I don't know about the corn for a minute here. Maybe not, but let's let's look for the lead to come in the soybeans, and let's hope we see some extra stuff going that way. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brad? 800-358-3047. Thanks for having me on. And just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Pick it up as a podcast through ruralradio.com or better yet, wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.